When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Last Drinks Podcast, a new conversation about how to navigate an awesome life without alcohol, reframing the cultural norms around alcohol in our lives, and hosted by me, Maz Compton. Sober since 2015. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Last Drinks. We are well over 40 episodes into this podcast, which is just really cool. It's so cool. I've got some fantastic guests lined up for this year. Some wonderful, insightful, inspiring and enlightening chats. I also have a book deal with Wiley Publishing So I'll be turning some of the conversations I've had on this podcast into a sober handbook, which is really a bit of a dream come true for me to be a published author. I have submitted the manuscript. And so from here, we kind of go into, I guess, like the proofreading and editing phase. But the book really does break down alcohol, um, what it is, what it does, how we end up having a problematic relationship with it, sobriety what that is, how that might look and how you can put some tools in place to put boundaries around your drinking behaviours. And then finally, a 30-day Kickstarter plan of what to do in your first 30 days of stopping drinking and how to actually do it. I think that's the thing that people struggle with the most when they're sober curious and they're like, I think I want to stop drinking, but I'm not sure how or for how long. And I'm too scared to say I'm never drinking again. And so I guess what I've done is replicate what I did. And I haven't had a drink now for over eight years, but initially it was like, I'm just going to do this month differently. And if I do the behaviors differently to what I've been doing, maybe we'll get a different result. And I was in need of a different result because alcohol was negatively impacting my life. So I'll keep you updated on book progress, but it all is very exciting. Remember, you can follow along on Instagram and send messages and um, any feedback at Last Drinks Pod. But the other thing to let you know is that I personally, Maz Compton, I'm back on Instagram. So if you want to follow me and more of my personal life and my radio life, you can follow at Maz Compton and there's some sobriety stuff there too, absolutely, but it's more of a me thing. The podcast Instagram is more of a podcast thing and I'm kind of enjoying um, having a healthy relationship with Instagram again after being off for six years. Uh, reactivating my personal Instagram has been something I really thought long and hard about. I've got some really good healthy boundaries around my sort of social media engagement and interaction. And so for me, it's working for now, which is fun. Which brings us to last drinks in this episode. I'm talking to an old friend. She is beautiful. She is a wellness warrior. She is an overcomer, a survivor. She is inspiring. And she really 
knows thyself. Her name is Andy Lou. Andy and I met in Melbourne when I lived in Melbourne in 2014, which was that problematic year of drinking for me. And so we had a couple of coffees at Combi Coffee in Elwood and um, we talked about writing, we talked about wellness and it was just interesting. That was my year of sober curiosity. That was the height of my, you know, drinking. And Andy has always been such a strict, wholesome wellness advocate. So I've always followed her journey and taken bits of information that she puts out there with the wholeness and wellness industries. She has carved out a really successful path and it was really delightful to reconnect. Andy is not 100% sober, but she has cut down her drinking to a point where she may dabble here and there um, with one drink and is really comfortable with her relationship with alcohol. But our chat gets really deep Andy opens up about something in her personal life she's never spoken about publicly and I really just honour and thank her for trusting me with her story and I love that she felt I'm a safe place for her to be so vulnerable and so exposed. So it's a really, it's a good chat. It's a big chat. We go off in all different directions as gals do when they sit down and have a powwow. So please enjoy Last Drinks with Andy Lou. Sitting on the floor. It's where all the great content is made these days, Andy. <laughs> because I'm stretching and stuff. Ah, <laughs> things at the same time. I love see. this. Record a podcast, stretch out your hammies. I mean, what can't this woman yeah. do? <laughs> Here we go. Andy Lou, can you tell me about your last drink? Oh, Maz, you know, sometimes I forget, but now that you're asking me, and this is such an important topic because it's the name of your show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember the last time I had quite a bit of wine was when I was living in Bondi Beach and I kind of just had a really stressful day and I couldn't get to my chiropractor, which is kind of like how I love to unwind. You know, you get a bad headache or you're out of alignment and then you take pressure off the nervous system and boom, you just feel so much better. So I love all of these wellness practices, you know, as a wellness expert, being living and breathing all these wellness practices for about 30 years now. And this one particular time, I think I just had a really, really stressful time and I went, you know what, I'm just going to have some wine. But that wine turned into, I think I had three quarters of the bottle of wine to myself and I thought, well, I don't really want to waste it and it's organic or biodynamic or whatever it was, (laughs) (laughs) preservative-free. And um, I just remember feeling really dizzy when I got up to go to the bathroom and then put myself to bed. And Mm. it just didn't feel right with me anymore. And I kind of went on a health journey. Mm. And, you know, I think we all sort of hit a rock bottom or we all have a story where we kind of go, that's just not for me anymore. And having said that, it's very, it's been very sporadic when I drink, but I was never a big drinker, but just even having three glasses or four glasses of wine or whatever it was for me, me feeling dizzy. And then I actually fainted and I attribute it to this day as not just the wine, but my body no longer adapting to toxic stressors. Yeah. And I've managed to keep that lifestyle going because everything I do in my life is removing toxins, whether it's physical, chemical, emotional, we've even got environmental toxic stressors that we can't get rid of but we need to adapt to but I've got one last toxic 
thing that I'm wanting to eliminate from my life and that is, and I've never spoken about this publicly, but I have to start coming clean with it because I'm consciously making a decision to find the right surgeon to remove my implants. Wow. And there's a whole heap of research about breast implant illness and mast cell activation syndrome, which I have both at the moment. Wow. And alcohol, which is a really bad toxin, reacting with both of those things is just dangerous. I know, Maz, listen to you. That's really full on, babe. It's really full on. So can you imagine this is the only, like, I don't even wear deodorant. So this is the only toxin that's really in my body. And I think. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's not funny, but like, it's a <laughs> bit funny because I've yeah. known you for a long time mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. feel like, of course, you don't wear deodorant. I, I know you, well, I but do you have the these implants. <laughs> it's like. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make yep. any sense. Right. And it didn't make sense to anybody. And I knew that it wouldn't make sense to anybody. Mm. And that was okay with me because sometimes in life, you just have to keep things private. And this was something, and I'm happy to come clean with it now because, and as I said, I feel so safe coming clean with you about it. But, and again, nobody will really understand it. And that's okay. We all have our own journey, our own narrative around why we do what we do in life and it actually is healing for me to come clean with it even though not everybody will understand but what happened was I'm actually so I'm a child sexual assault survivor and yeah I blocked it out at the age of eight for 10 years and I I then was raped (laughs) And all the feelings started coming back to me when this particular manager that I worked with broke into my home and had his way with me. And I was like, wow, this is actually not the first time that I've felt like this before. And the eight-year-old flashback started coming. So I went on a journey of healing that. But I think that I went on to become super successful. And that's a trauma response too. Yep. So you never really kind of, or I never really addressed it. And I think when I say you, I think there are so many of us that have had, we're survivors, right? We've, we've had something happen to us, for us. Yeah. And then something happened to me again about four or five years ago and I was like on my knees just going more trauma. Mm-hmm. And then I just had this overwhelming response where I just, I'm starting to cry now that I think about it, but I just kind of, it was really weird. Like my physiology changed and it went from fight or flight posture, like in this fetal position on the floor curled up into mm-hmm. just kind of arching my back and looking up and going, Oh, as if I was looking up, having an epiphany to God, the universe, grand organized design, whatever you want to call it. And I was like, oh, I get it now. This is all a test. So, um, and I knew that if I could overcome this, you know, last test that I would be able to, and these were the words that just downloaded to me, have whatever I wanted. Now, it's interesting because it's not whatever you want, like from an egotistical perspective. It was like what I really want is to just educate and inspire people to live a better quality of life naturally and that's all I really want. And Mm -hmm. you know me, it's all I've ever wanted. It's Mm -hmm. what I'm here for. So I was like, yeah, I bring this on. And um, I've been on a healing journey from PTSD for the last four or five years 
<laughs> I don't even know why I'm crying now. Let but, it out, um, babe. It's because it's a safe space and I care. Yeah, and everyone that's listening, you know, I know that the audience that's listening, you know, if they've made a conscious decision to have last drinks too, you know, it's they've been through something, you know, and I just think that um, the last four or five years I've done an incredible amount of healing. I'm living in L.A. now and giving this an amazing go, mm. you know. I've been on a press tour with my ninth book. It's all going amazingly except this last thing that I need to do is remove the toxins and they're interacting with, it's like a cytokine storm, you know, within the body, an inflammatory response mm. where the body just kind of goes, I can't adapt anymore to this toxic stressor. But what's really interesting is that when I made the conscious decision to put these in, it was based on the history that I just gave you. Yeah. It was a conscious choice to sexualize my body to make me feel like, and this is what I've been saying to certain surgeons and psychologists as I'm figuring it out. It's almost like when somebody goes to war and they put on their war paint on their face, you know, without that, I don't think they would do the things that they would do. They were like preparing themselves for that. And I feel like I was preparing myself for a battle because having intimate relations with someone for many, many years was like going to battle. I felt mm. wrong. It was scary, dirty, all these different things. And I, you know, I'm finally addressing it and finally ready to shed. <laughs> yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry that you've been through that. I feel sorry that I had a big rant. <laughs> no, I, I love that you had a rant. I it's, it's really like humbling that you would share that. Um, but, you know, I've always felt so comfortable with you, Maz, because mm, from you. the moment we met, I knew that you were an angel. <laughs> And you know what I mean? Oh, You've just got the you. hugest heart. You've got the hugest heart. I'm a big empath. <laughs> yeah, well, that we can I'm a that. big old empath, which is why I'm crying. Are you crying too? Yeah, because it's so big and. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> We're both crying. We're like, it's cryception. But, you know, I think things happen that are mm -hmm. not in the design, that are not the plan or that we're not prepared right. for. And then no one tells an eight-year-old how to process that or mm -hmm. how to survive that. Or you just have to get up and strap on your boots and get through however you do. That in itself is like a miracle that yeah. you were able mm -hmm. to figure out how to survive in life. And, of course, you find something that's going to make you feel comfortable or um, better able to manage all of those emotions and all of that trauma and the complexities around it, especially as yeah. a woman. Like you just do whatever you can to get through. And then it's like when you know better, you do better. And so then you have this like progressive revelation of what happened to you, how unfair that was and how you can now, you know, better equip yourself to move forward and shedding is a big part of that. And it's like, this is why I talk to people about their last drink because I'm always curious. It's like, it's not about the catalyst, what happened or the rock bottom moment for me. It's about like, what led you to the discovery that maybe there was something else on the other side of your last drink that you were so curious to find out about, you were brave enough to try a day without alcohol. 
you know, and for you, the fact that it's so ingrained in your physiology right now in like what is, it's actually having like this response in your body that's not beneficial is so interesting to me. Mm, mm, mm. But this is the thing, not everybody's in tune and Maz, even the surgeon when they found early stages of contracture in the left implant because I knew something was off Mm. you know they're like good on you for picking this up because you know not everybody's so in tune with their body and this is the thing having alcohol having drugs having medication they're all just blockers like we're just blocking ourselves from feeling what it is we're meant to feel and I understand full well that to feel is to heal and Mm. as long as we have you know the safe space and people and support and you know, health practitioners around us of our choice to help us get through this. It's the only way through. We need to start feeling those things that we numb, you know, and that's what alcohol can do. I numbed how I was feeling, you know, I could have just tried to do some breath work and and fall asleep that night, but I didn't, you know, and and that's because of the trauma response. I'll bring it back to that, like I'm a Mm. high achiever. So I'm like, what else can I achieve? How else can I stay up? keep working, keep networking, keep being a great mum, clean the house, push on, you know, and then have this wine to unwind. You know, having said that, I still have had wine every now and again, but I'm very, very aware of what type, how much, why am I doing it? Mm. Um, It's this real conscious decision because apart from that, like my life is toxic free living and mm. that's the reason why I look 20 years younger. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so true because I think a lot of people as well, Andy, when they think about alcohol, they don't look at it as a toxin. They look at it right. as a solution or, or a problem. It's either alcohol is either your solution to like a bad day, a long day, a shit marriage, crazy kids, whatever it is, or it's become a problem because you may have a dependency or your gray area drinking, you're binging and it's out of control. So alcohol is a solution or a problem for most people. But really at its chemical compound, it is a toxin. It is poison that we put in our body. And when you can look at alcohol through that lens, I think it, it really does adjust your view on what we're using it for because- It is, it's changing your brain chemistry. It's not changing your situation. Yeah, it's killing off cells. The thing is, it's dehydrating too, at the very least. And that can aid you as well. And, you know, we don't drink enough water as it is. And we don't eat enough plants, which contain the same amount of water as our bodies, 70 to 80%, and the same amount of water as the earth. And everything's connected. And originally I wanted to come on Last Drinks and talk to you about the health reasons for why you know I choose to be very careful about alcohol and getting others off alcohol like I'm working with a wellness coaching client at the moment who's just lost five kilos in four weeks and we haven't even looked at her diet or exercise she's just found her purpose with me and then she decided to drink three times a week instead of every single night yeah so that's huge imagine how much money she saved as well um but what I want to share is what I've learned is how everything is connected. And I mean, that's the title of my book, Connected, A Paradigm Shift in How We View Health. Every illness has some kind of psychological reason for it being there. You know, if you think about it, there's it's all connected. So Absolutely. And just on yeah. that, 
Um, mm-hmm. There's this really great, and like, you know, people will, this is, this is pretty dangerous territory where we're going here, Andy. Yeah, okay. um, people have opinions. Okay. But I will say there's this amazing documentary called E-Motion and it's mm-hmm. about it's a whole bunch of experts, um, functional medicine practitioners, a lot of doctors, very yeah. smart, educated people who divulge a narrative that says that uh, disease in the body is dis-ease and it, yeah. it, it's trapped, unprocessed trauma and emotions and emotions is energy in motion and when we don't process it properly it gets stuck and that can cause dis-ease in our cells to some people listening they may have even switched off because it's just like what are you talking about you nutbags but if that is something that sparks your interest it's a really great documentary even in the quest for understanding our own bodies how our bodies, our brains, and our spirits are all connected. It's all in there. We're all just a tub of energy and a bunch of cells. And if we can stay on the planet healthier for longer, that's the goal. And so we've got mm-hmm. to work ourselves out. So if there's, you know, going back to your eight-year-old self, that trauma could be so trapped in your body had you not had the tools over time to process mm-hmm you know, what that looks like. And even for you to be able to say that you are a survivor is a part of your healing process, which mm-hmm. means that energy is in motion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it though. And, you know, this is what I write about in my book. I talk about dis-ease all the time. So it starts off as dis-ease within the body and we ignore those signs and symptoms and we usually numb it with drugs, medication, alcohol, shopping, sex, whatever it is that you're addicted to. And instead of feeling that and addressing the root cause um, and then getting through it, we numb it and we block it out for so long and then that starts to manifest as disease. So mm-hmm. the disease, as you said, becomes disease. And then, um, yeah, it just gets to the stage where we then look at allopathy, which is the medical model, and they're so advanced, where would we be without the greatest drugs, doctors, surgeons and hospitals in the world when it comes to emergency care? Mm. However, if we could have addressed it in the state of dis-ease, that's real wellness. That's a preventative model and it's not reactive in its approach. It's proactive. Yeah. And that's the difference between wellness and allopathy. One is proactive, one is reactive. One is mechanistic the other one is holistic. And that's what I love to educate people about because when they understand that everything's connected and we need to address this in a holistic way and in proactively, you can actually uh, radically extend your life, can change the quality of your life and prevent aging and disease. I just came back from a radical life extension seminar in San Diego um, on the weekend and it was phenomenal. It was so good. And these are the reasons why I'm here in LA because it's such a crazy place, Maz. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I've dabbled. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you've got access though to all these wonderful things and yeah. people and, that we don't always have access to in Australia. So here I am and, and I listened to this, you know, psychiatrist from the UCLA and he was talking about, you know, just even stress. Let's just talk about that and how many people use alcohol to de-stress yeah. and they don't even realise that they're stressed. So, you know, just moving back on removing some of that, you know, stress and nerve system interference and emotional blockages, 
There's a lot of chiropractors who also practice applied kinesiology or NET technique, which is neuroemotional technique, mm. and can remove the trapped emotions that are stored within our nervous system, which is the spinal cord that is attached to the brain and the nerves that branch off that. That's our entire nervous system, which is protected uh, by the skull and the bones of the spine. And the body recognises that that's the most important part of our body, which is why it's encased in a protective bone. Just in that one system, we have bones that, you know, like we've got the rib cages, they protect a whole bunch of organs, but the nervous system is the master controller. It's the conductor of the orchestra. It's the most supreme thing because it controls every cell tissue and organ in the body. And so the body knows this and protects it, you know, with this hard casing. But this psychiatrist said, you know, we don't take enough time to really just relax and you know, people are saying that it's cool to hustle and everything. We need to make relaxation normal and cool because he was giving us an analogy about these two wood choppers that went out to the woods to chop wood. And one guy had a huge pile of wool, wood, rather. The other one um, took a 10 minute break every hour and just sat around. He had the biggest pile of wood because he also sharpened his axe in the time that he was sitting around <laughs> taking that 10-minute break. So it's what you do with the time that dictates how productive you'll be. Yeah. You know, that time off is so key. And I just want to, you know, pause on that because when we stop to breathe or sharpen our axe or reflect, then we can get in touch with our emotions, our body signs and symptoms and start to address what we really need to do to stay well or to be on path and truly happy. And yeah. then that will stop us from grabbing alcohol to numb what's really going on. Right? We wear this badge of busy. It's like, how are you? Oh, my God, I'm so busy. No, I said, how are you? Not like, what are you doing? Busy isn't an emotional state, <laughs> but we've made it an emotional state. How are you? So busy. You know, when usually, how are you? I'm okay. Like I'm dealing with some grief <laughs> or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like. Interesting. Yeah. So this busyness badge that we wear means if we don't have five things on, on the weekend, we're like lazy and that's not the case mm. at all. Um, mm. And I think it, you know, especially for, I'm an extroverted introvert. So I only recently learned this about myself, Andy, that, mm. um, I recharge by being alone. Yeah. And so I've learned to like clear the weekend and do like one thing a day, maybe with mm -hmm. another family or whatever. And that's mm -hmm. heaps because otherwise yeah. it doesn't work for me. And I think we've got to figure out what works for us and we need rest. We need to sleep. <laughs> like that's got to be one of the highest wellness. It's the new epidemic. Oh. Just go to bed, for God's sake, which we don't do when we're drinking alcohol. Right. And sometimes we drink alcohol to pass out because the only way we can get to sleep. But essentially, you know, that's just you like ripping the cord out of the wall. That doesn't do, you, that doesn't help at all either. Well, the woman that I was coaching, she was sleeping so badly because she was drinking herself to sleep and then waking up so dehydrated yeah. and couldn't get back to sleep. So she had terrible quality sleep. So now she's sleeping all the way through like and not drinking. It's just crazy how yeah. good that is. 
and how her hormones are loving it. And that's why she's lost so much weight, not just from the calories of the alcohol, but how the melatonin production is now working better, which is a sleep hormone that helps us to put us into a deeper sleep, a better quality sleep. And so when your hormones are happier, that's when you start to be at the healthy weight that you need. And, And keep in mind, bit of a disclaimer a healthy body looks different on every person because you could be lean and fit totally totally you know at the gym that I own I've had so many conversations with women who would get to the class and be like oh my god I'm so stressed (laughs) like I'm dying of stress and I'm like this is not going to help right go home and go back to bed or go for a walk Because doing a high-intensity class right now with all of the stress in your body is going to add stress. If you're stressed about going to the gym, the gym is not going to work for your body because your Mm. body doesn't need more stress. Your body needs less stress. And so as counterintuitive as that sounds, I would say, like, go and chill out. Go and, like, Mm. sit down for 40 minutes and put your phone away, lock yourself in a room, tell your children to sort it out. And just have 40 minutes to you for this particular moment is going to be, I think, a better idea so that you can come back tomorrow and not be stressed and putting more, like your cortisol is just going to go through the roof. That's a fat storer. Like it's just people don't know this about their own bodies. Mm -hmm. They don't know Mm -hmm. what hormones get secreted when we're stressed. And they're usually Mm -hmm. the ones that are keeping the fat on the body, so to speak, you know, and that's right. not to say that that's always the solution. But I do remember specifically saying to a, a few of my girls, like, today is not your day, sweetheart. Like, stop being, take off the superhero cape, go yeah. home and be kind to yourself and show yourself compassion. And mm-hmm. then you can start loving yourself out of that place rather than like busting your ass and then ending up broken or burnt out. We talk about self-care practices and I know you've probably got the longest list of them because this is one of the things that you do. I personally think that sobriety is like the best self-care practice you can do because the things that come with sobriety Mm -hmm. are self-worth, self-love, self-care. And Mm -hmm. that is like this beautiful little package. And you you can do self-care stuff, yeah, But then if you're putting a poison in your body that's causing stress, that's giving you anxiety, that's um, ruining your sleep, that's not giving you like the best chance at eating the the best for your body for the day, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're just starting on the back foot. That's not self-care, right? You know, you've got so many more hours in the day when you wake up feeling fresh and not groggy and your brain's functioning at its optimum. That's what I'm loving, you know, as a chiropractic advocate and somebody who's been getting adjusted for decades regularly to make sure my nervous system is working so well, why would I want to ruin that? And I just feel like that's why I've been so productive and I've been able to achieve so many things or just, as I said before, age less. But I was talking to a cousin of mine who was probably, it could have been 15 years ago, I can't remember, but he was coming into his own. I think he was like 19 or 21 or something like that. And, you know, he was just talking about not fitting in when he went to nightclubs and hanging out with the cool groups and Mm. wanting to be able to talk to girls. And so, you know, he would get wasted and then build up the courage to talk to these girls. And then he would feel terrible the next day. And, And I said to him, do you know, I'm a lover of language. So let's break down what words mean. Do you know what it means when you say you got wasted? He was like, no, what do you mean? And I said, well, think about it. It means you've wasted 
your day. You've wasted your night. You've wasted your body. It's you're in a waste. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's a waste. waste. Yeah. What a waste. What a waste. I said, you're wasting your life away when you're getting wasted. He's like, oh, I never thought about it like that. I said, think about how empowering it is to not get wasted, be wasted or waste anything with your precious time on this earth and then feel like you've got the one up. Everyone else is wasting their lives away, Mm. but you're sitting there and I said, you just wait a couple of hours, they'll be so wasted that you won't even feel nervous anymore because they won't even realize whether you are or not. So I said, it'll feel uncomfortable for one or two hours. And then when they're wasted and you're not, you'll be like, yeah, guess what? He tried it the next weekend. And he said, Andy, he said, I felt so nervous and not confident, but then I was king because the girl that I really liked came and talked to me because everybody else was too wasted. Being present is so much better being aware and present and in a moment and able to reflect and recollect and remember. Um, Or listen. Yeah, and listen, exactly, and be engaged and plugged in. Like all of those things are open to you when you're not using alcohol and all of those things you get robbed of when you do use alcohol. And it's, it is quite black and white. I know that there are great area drinkers and, you know, we love labels and people always say to me like, so were you an alcoholic? And I'm like, I don't think so, but I don't know. All I know is that I drank too much too often and I didn't know how to stop. And then my mother's voice echoed in my head and she used to say, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I know what my life is looking like when I'm drinking all the time. Mm -hmm. So what's got to change? I've got Mm -hmm. to stop drinking. Like it's, it was a really simple equation. And then Mm -hmm. the overwhelming fear of like, how do I engage socially and not drink alcohol? How do I do my job and be this person without alcohol. And then that's just a discovery and an adventure and an experiment that I encourage everyone to go on. And yeah, Mm -hmm. you feel super awkward at the start. So awkward, standing Mm -hmm. in a bar, not with a drink in my hand. You feel like an absolute nuffy, but you just get used to that. And then you realize that you're present and you can go home early and it's okay, you know? And that present, I'm so glad that you said about, you talking about being present. I remember when you met your boyfriend um, and you were talking to me about this beautiful beginning of your relationship when we were sitting in this Elwood cafe (laughs) and how present present you were together. Having that chat in the car, right? Yeah. And now we're married with a baby. Like it's just, that was the beginning of like this next season of my life that's turned out to be my favorite so far. So far. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Keeps getting better. That's the bravery or the courage that comes from having that connected conversation. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, I'm a lover of language, I'm a writer. So, the word courage means from the, it comes from the French word le coeur, and that means the heart. So when we have courage, we have a big heart. We have, mm. we're all heart. And I just love that, you know, because we often view courage as something else, but it's actually all heart. So when we feel safe enough to open our hearts and we create that safe space for each other, that's when I think the world's going to start becoming a much healthier place. We need to begin right there. You know. Oh, wow. I love that. When I mean, you're courageous, you're so courageous. 
do you know my last name Lou is actually Polish, so the W would have been a V, Lev. Yeah. And it was probably shortened in World War Two or something. It was probably Levinsky or something. But also Lev in Hebrew means heart. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I'm actually all heart too. You are. <laughs> totally my And thank you but, for, like, sharing your story. That just happened and it was a very yeah. real, raw, honest, vulnerable yeah. moment. And I... I just want to thank you for trusting me with that because that's, yeah, thank it's you. really beautiful. And I know, like, that will help someone. Well, I know it will too. So that's why I'm all heart there. Yeah. You know, I think if we finally realise it's not what happened to us but for us and then we turn our trauma into wisdom and my dark into light for others, then that's why we're here. We're here for that and... Yeah, it's um it's a gift because when you really do see dark, that's when you can see the beautiful light too. And I'm not saying that you have to only see dark to see light, but when you can turn that around, it's it's a beautiful thing. I've just watched you grow and keep going and now here you are back on air and I'm really excited for you. Thanks. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, I want to play podcasts. Yeah, I love <laughs> playing podcasts. It's my favourite game. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And actually, on that note, you know, if I can inspire others to turn off tech at least an hour or two before bed, mm. and the best thing you can do is to grab yourself, whether it's, you know, a peppermint tea or a chamomile tea, but the best kind of tea is even dandelion. It's great for digestion as well. Uh, some people do turmeric, which is such a great natural anti-inflammatory. Think about those beautiful drinks, nourishing your body, calming your nervous system, probably making you pee when you wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. So maybe try to have the drinks a couple of hours before bed. But, you know, let it calm you. Read paper books or write as you are drifting off to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love a good journal session and I do love a chamomile tea. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, really? Is that your favourite? Yeah, What's your favourite drink? I think so. Uh, I just drink water. Honestly, like my drink choices are just water. It's water, mm-hmm. water, 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 water all the way. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe chamomile tea. I love. I do love a coffee in the morning. I mean, I get up at four a.m. So forgiven. Um, but that that's really it. And like even when I, I remember when I stopped drinking alcohol because I drank so much alcohol. I was like, what am I going to drink? But I just found water to be so just so beneficial satiating yeah it really is like I it's so you know some people say like oh water's boring I'm like no it's not water's amazing yeah but it depends you know if you have good quality water like filtered alkalized water ionized even the water tastes the way it's supposed to taste and it just glides down and it's so satiating at home we've got a soda stream and this is not a sponsorship but like I tell everyone when they stop drinking, like, just get a soda stream and you've got bubbles in your water and it feels fabulous. Feels fun, doesn't it? You know, it it does. It feels fun. (laughs) Like, whoever thought water could be fun? (laughs) Or or to make it really fun, I say to my clients, get some fresh lime. Yes. You know, put all the things in there that you would to make your other drinks fun. Why aren't you going to do it to your water? That's so so true. Your fresh lime, your um, mint from the garden, lemons, 
Um, those three things alone are amazing. But, you know, there's so many different herbs. You've got rosemary sprigs that you could swizzle in there. Otherwise, just clean, good quality water, maybe a dash of magnesium from, you know, your practitioner because we're so depleted in magnesium mm. oh, these days because we too. don't eat enough greens. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Last Drinks Podcast. If you love this podcast, then subscribe. For more inspiration and to reach out, you can follow us on Instagram at Last Drinks Pod. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.